great to see a couple of new additions to our worship team this morning. You know, I feel a little bit today kind of like I, I did on both of the days I dropped off my boys at college, you know. There's a little mixture of joy in this because I no longer have to say what else can I say about looking and listening to God without repeating myself. So I have that joy that's kind of there, just like that joy you have to say, boy, they're out of the house. Yes, they're gone. But then you also have this sense of trepidation. Are they really ready for this? Have I prepared them well? And I I wonder the same kind of questions today as we come to the last installment, number 11, of this series that we've been working through about how we look and listen to God who's around us and communicating with with us all the time. And You know, we've identified along the way that this is such a tremendous, fundamental dimension of our relationship with God, is to be able to hear the God who's always speaking to us, and to be able to see His activity, this God who's always at work around us and in us. And without our ability to do that, we really are at a spiritual loss. And so we've been hammering away for these 11 weeks that what does it really take for us to be a people who can see God and hear His voice. Our theme verse throughout this journey has been from John's Gospel, the 10th chapter, the 27th verse, where he said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And so today we come to the final installment of a series that I believe that God literally wants to use to change our lives as we launch out to be His children who live with this ever this ongoing sense of the presence and the activity of God around us. And and with that, I have this trepidation as to whether or not I've really covered all the bases and have we launched out down the runway to to, to literally climb into the skies. Are we really ready for that journey? So what I'd like to do this morning is do just a bit of review and then put some closing thoughts from God's Word on this series that we've been working through. And let me just kind of do a little bit of a glance in the rearview mirror of the things that we've considered throughout this, these 11 weeks together. First of all, we have seen over and over again that God actively, He just loves to actively communicate with us. And God came walking in the garden to visit with Adam and Eve. In the beginning was the Word. God has clearly revealed Himself to be a God who loves to speak to us and to be with us. We've also learned that every single believer... Every single person who's had their spirit born again within them by God's redeeming work, that every single child of God has this God-given capacity to hear God's voice and to recognize His presence around them. It's ingrained in His deposit of the new Emmanuel, this Counselor, the Holy Spirit that has come into our lives. We've understood and seen over and over again that our spiritual health, our very joy as the children of God, is dependent on our ability to hear God speak truth to us and our ability to see God at work around us. And and if that's not our experience, if we can't hear God regularly speaking to us, if we can't see God's activity, in all likelihood when you replay the tapes of your life, there's not much depth to your spiritual joy. We have also seen that God loves to communicate with us in, in so many different ways. He does it through the Scriptures, through the Bible. He does it through the Holy Spirit. That might be a little mysterious at times, but there's some clear things that we looked at along the way that have really shown us how it is that God communicates through His Spirit. We've come to understand that God uses other people to communicate with us. In particular, 
other believers, other followers of Christ. And we've also seen how God can communicate through circumstances into our lives. In this latter time of our journey together, we've seen our role in that journey of hearing from God and seeing God. We've been looking at the initiatives that we need to be taking as the children of God to to hear from God. The stuff that we need to do, put ourselves in a position for God to speak. And so we've considered things like how we respond to the Holy Spirit within us. That we actively need to cooperate with God. So that we're not grieving the Holy Spirit as Paul writes in Thessalonians. So when, when we feel the, sense the voice of God speaking to us about something that we're thinking or feeling or doing, we need to respond with a sense of obedience and cooperation to that word. We've also seen throughout the journey that we need to have a sense of urgency. The way Peter put it in his first letter was we need to long for the pure spiritual milk of the Word. There needs to be this hunger and this thirsting after righteousness. A little bit of a... We've also seen that we must maintain a, a proper internal climate within us. That, that we need to be you know, blessed are the pure in heart. For they're the ones who will see God. Or we need to pursue that holiness without which no one will see the see God. And we need to we we've been seeing and understanding how it is that literally the condition of our souls, our the depth of our love for God, our response to God, all those things are intimately connected to our ability to see and to hear God. And that with that we've seen the need to practice spiritual disciplines. And it's on that theme that I would love to continue this morning. And again, we hear the call of the Scriptures from the book of James. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Now the whole idea of spiritual disciplines may be new to some of you. And last week I mentioned a book to you um, entitled Celebration of Discipline and by Richard Foster. And I'd encourage you, if you do not have the book, you can pick it up from your local library. We had a librarian visiting with us last week, which is great. And he said, you know, we have that book in my library. You know, you can pick it up there. So if you don't want to go out and buy one or download it over the internet, you can go and pick it up at your local library. But you know, just in case you're not very familiar with them, I, I want to just lay out some of the basic ones. And these are literally right out of Richard Foster's books. You know, um, when you think about spiritual disciplines, I do think that there are three dimensions to them. One of those is our, those inner disciplines. And those are the things like prayer, as Rebecca mentioned today in her testimony. Fasting, not one that we talk about very often today. Certainly a common experience among the people of God in the Scriptures. We think about meditation, deeply reflecting on the truth of God and the God's activity in us and through us. And also the study of the Scriptures. Not just a casual reading, but the study of the Scriptures. Digging in and really seeking to understand the depth of what it is that God has teaching, is teaching us and wants to do in us. But then there's also outer disciplines. One of those is simplicity. Just simplifying your life. Less stuff, less stuff to do. Simplicity. Solitude. I wonder what it must have been like, like in the 17 and 1800s. You get up in the morning, you read the word a little bit, and you went out with your two horses to plow the back 20. And you didn't talk to anybody else all day long. Maybe they did have it better than we do today, huh? Submission. It's an interesting idea, this thought of submission. The idea of actively valuing the wants and the needs of others over yourself. Service. Then there's the corporate disciplines of confession. Literally confessing your sins to one another. And having someone pray over you, if we confess with our mouths, I'm sorry, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Things like worship and guidance and celebration. And, and, and even as I mention all these, I want to bring back the warning label that we looked at last week. 
that unless these are rooted in a true love for God, they can become a performance-based understanding of our spiritual vitality. Look at all the stuff I'm doing. God must be impressed in somehow or another. Therefore, He's obligated to bless me. We also can begin to see these spiritual disciplines, if you will, as a source of spiritual pride. And we need to understand that spiritual disciplines in and of themselves, without God's cooperating activity, accomplish nothing. All we, it only puts us in a place where God can transform us. But we've got this foundation now laid. And I, I want to kind of point out the path ahead. You know, all those things that you think of when you're driving home from dropping your kid off at college for the very first time. Man, I should have said this. I should have said this. I wish I could remind him about that. You know, those kinds of I just want to lay out some, some things for us today from God's Word. And if you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to turn to Luke chapter 9 with me today. You're using one of our pew Bibles. You're going to find our text on page 878. Just a single verse. This account, like Matthew's, is rooted, embedded in Peter's confession of faith in Christ. Jesus had been questioning the disciples, well, who, who do the crowds say that I am? And they said, you know, well, you're Elijah, John the Baptist, one of the ancient prophets, one of those kind of guys. And, and Jesus looked specifically and said, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, we know that you are the Christ. You're God's Messiah. It says immediately on the heels of that, God, Jesus began to teach them about what would happen to him. And as we read in verse 21 of Luke 9, says, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes, be killed and be, be raised the third day. In Matthew's account, it goes on to talk about the fact that Peter grabbed him by the arm and kind of dragged him aside and said, you've got to stop talking like that. And Jesus looked at Peter and said, get ye behind me, Satan. And then Jesus continued. Then he said to them all, if anyone wants to come with me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. That's not a passage of Scripture that you've already memorized. Let me encourage and challenge you to put that verse in the depth of your heart. If anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Can I engage in a little scriptural arithmetic? You know, and, and this is a little dangerous to do. And I don't want to press this too far, but, but I think it has tremendous insight. We, we've memorized earlier our, our theme verse, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Let me challenge you to see that as the way that God looks at this experience of us hearing and seeing and joining with God as we follow Him. That's looking at it from the heaven's perspective, the divine perspective. From the earthly view at this issue, it is, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. So if you do a little math in there, my sheep equates to, if anyone would come after me. I think the follow me part goes pretty well with one another, doesn't it? So in the middle, you have this hear my voice and I know them. From the human perspective, you have must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And what I want to submit to you today is, is that hearing God is built on, is, it, it, it's, it's integrated to, from our side, the challenge for us is, is to deny ourselves and to take up our cross daily. And it's in that experience that we create the climate in which we can hear God speak to us. And without that climate, we're not going to hear His voice. And we're not going to see His activity. Just a few observations for this journey. I, I, spiritual disciplines. Just the, the discipline of denying ourselves and, and taking up our cross daily. Do all these things like fasting and reading the Word and praying and studying and meditating and simplifying our lives and engaging in solitude, times of Sabbath, the way where we're connecting with God. All these pieces 
The spiritual disciplines are literally the medium through which the sound waves of God's voice are transferred to us and into our hearts and minds. And without those, the hearing of God, the seeing of God is going to be random and infrequent and in between. And you're always going to be left with question marks. Was that really God or not? Spiritual disciplines are absolutely essential to hearing God. And we neglect them at our peril. I would also say to you that that as Christians living in the 21st century in the American culture, we are far more prepared for the tasks of faith, faith than we are for the relationship of faith. And spiritual disciplines are all about relationship with God. You know, we, we are so achievement and action-oriented. We want to be able to look back at the end of the day and see all the things that we checked off of our list that we accomplished. And we just go, 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 go all the time. Spiritual, and we bring that over to our faith. Look what the things I've, you know, I read the Bible, the whole Bible through in the first six months of the year. I got that checked off of my list, you know. I've been to church every Sunday this month, you know. I didn't miss life group at all this quarter. We got all these things we can tick off, all these tasks. And yet somehow or another, just the connecting, the relationship with God gets neglected. Sometimes we apply the same kind of thing to our earthly relationships. You know, I, I remember the Valentine's Day card. I got a thoughtful gift on our anniversary and for a birthday and for Christmas. And I picked up my socks, well, at least most of the time. You know, and, and, and what's the problem? You know, wh- why isn't it going better? You know, and, and we, we're, we can be very task-oriented to things like this. And when you really get down to it, spiritual disciplines in all their forms, it's literally about just connecting with the Almighty in a very intimate and ongoing manner. But there's real value in spiritual disciplines. I believe that this challenge of denying self is foremost in our ability to be able to hear God. The biggest barrier to hearing from God is ourselves. It just is. I mean, originally it's the barrier of self alienated and separate from God. The heart that hasn't been redeemed where the spirit that actually communicates with God is dead within us, crushed and destroyed by sin within. And without a saving faith in Christ that gives us the ability to get self out of the way so that God can be elevated to that core place in our lives, without that faith, there is no way to hear God. But guess what? Self doesn't go easily. It keeps kind of fighting back. And that's why, you know, Paul said, you know, you, you, you got to put off the old self and you got to put on the new. And, and the challenge is always there before us. And there's a constant need to be pushing self away because we always see, we can always see our journey with God from our perspective instead of from his. And, and, and one of the lessons I've learned recently in a painful way is that when we engage in spiritual disciplines, we get a chance to see the self in us that still needs to be pushed aside, that still needs to be denied. See, when you engage in spiritual disciplines, you are denying the self. And the self fights back. It really does. And you can see the aspects of yourself that aren't submitted to God and the things that need to be changed. Give you an experience. This past week, um, I was fasting for the first couple of days of the week. And, you know, um, we gather, there's a group of us who gather on Tuesday mornings. And, you know, we, we great time, we share, we, we look into the Word, we, we pray for one another, share. We, we just, sometimes we just discuss stuff that's going on. This particular week, it, it didn't go so well. And mostly that was me. And, and, and as I was, you know, as I was uh, fasting, and, and, you know, and I, 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 after this experience, I recalled the statement that Richard Foster made in his book that when, boy, that when you're, you're fasting, all the stuff inside that's not cleansed yet is just going to come to the surface. And 
because it's like your your like it's like your soul starts to feed on that stuff, and you begin to see it and taste it. You know, and I was just argumentative and uncaring. I mean, it really boiled down to as I was going to win an argument no matter what, because I valued my opinion more than anybody else's. And I tell you, I'm grateful for the grace and the mercy that was extended to me by my group, and and we've moved on from there. But but boy, when we engage in spiritual disciplines, it it just it just brings stuff to the surface. We say, boy, I didn't know that was still there. I need to get rid of that. And, and it, it's not always painless. In fact, most of the time it's very painful, but it's very helpful for us to do. And if we don't engage in these things, we, we're never going to recognize the barriers that are still within us that need to be removed from us. Lastly, you have this phrase here of take up your cross daily and follow me. Let me suggest to you that taking up the cross is learning how to live with the heart of God. The cross was Jesus' instrument of fulfilling God's will for his life. And the imagery of the cross in this text, I believe, is meant to say that you and I need to learn how to pick up the heartbeat of God's purpose for our lives so that we learn how to process and consume life with the same heart and soul and purpose and vision that God does. And in order to catch God's heart, you've got to spend some real time with God, some time in solitude. You've got to simplify. You've got to catch it so that your understanding of the kingdom is Jesus' understanding of the kingdom. So that we're not like Peter saying, don't talk that way. It's not going to go that way. I have a better idea on how to get this done. And so we don't find ourselves as the one who are standing in the way of God. Spiritual disciplines help us get to a place where we want the same things that God wants. So in a nutshell, all this stuff that we've learned about spirit, about seeing God at work and hearing his voice and how it enriches our lives and launches us on the most incredible journey, none of that stuff's going to really happen unless you're serious about seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will then be added unto you. Let me close the series in the verse where we began it back in over in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. It says, Here I am, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and I will eat with them and they with me. I apologize. I thought I had it all memorized. Verse 20 again. Listen, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will, I will come into him and have dinner with him and he with me. The victor, I will give him the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I also won the victory and sat down with my father on his throne. Anyone who has an ear should hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. God, we want to have those ears this morning. We want to have those eyes to see. We know it's possible because you've told us so. You've promised to speak to us, to walk with us, to guide us, and we believe that promise. We know now you stand at the door and knock and that you invite us to answer that knock, to open the door by engaging in the things in our lives that bring us close to you, to pray, to read and to study and to reflect, to make space and to make time for you in our lives, to practice the things that matter to you. Convince us, Father, in these moments that here in these things lies the victory which will put us on your throne. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me as we sing final song of celebration?